0: Hi, welcome to our latest Internet of Things and Communication Services podcast. This is Anthony Savas, International Technology Editor, accompanied by his esteemed industry guest. Today, the main topic we're talking about is the efficient operations around connectivity twins. We'll also be talking about another key development in the communication industry. And we'll finish our discussion with some light-hearted industry news that has surfaced. Today's podcast is sponsored by Bix. Bix was established nearly two decades ago, and it provides communication service providers and enterprises with easy access to digital communications, trusted fraud prevention, and analytics, along with IoT and 5G global connectivity. It has headquarters in Europe and teams all over the world. That's Bix.com. Again, I'm Anthony Savas. I've been covering the networking in telecom space continuously for the last 25 years, working as a writer and editor for leading international technology magazines and websites. I'm currently a contributing editor for both IoT Now and communication service provider title Vanilla Plus, a sister title of IoT Now. My guest today is Gabriel Salvati from Bix. So, Gabriel. What's your job at PIX, and what do you do there? Hello,
1: Anthony. Thank you very much for inviting me for this session. It's a pleasure. I'm a senior manager focused on the IoT, travel mobility, and mobile private network at PIX. I've been working in this market since 2008, and it's going to be a pleasure to talk with you today.
0: Okay, right. So we're getting on to almost, well, 16 years. That will be soon, won't it, Gabriel? That's correct. Okay. Before we go on to our main topic of the day, discussing the connectivity twin, we'll talk about something else. Gabriel, understand you want to talk about scaling the IoT value chain with AI and data analytics. Before I ask you a couple of questions, I'll just put people in the loop who don't know too much about this. AI and data analytics unlock valuable insights from the vast data generated from IoT devices, enabling data-driven decision-making, so, Gabriel, how are these systems to adopt and can more be done to allow their deployment? That's a good question. But before I start answering
1: this one, let's just go quickly to main concepts of IoT and AI. That's fair enough, Gabriel. Yeah. I like to say that IoT is about turning regular objects into smart objects by giving them the ability to communicate with each other and with us. And of course, IoT. It's not a product, not a solution. IoT is an ecosystem. Uh, There are some studies about the quantity of layers uh, it can have, but uh, I would say there are three main ones. So the first one is the hardware, which we have sensors and actuators. Then we have the connectivity. It could be LAN, it could be one local area network, wireless area network, and we have the, the application. When we go to the AI part, AI is not something uh, really new, it's a a broad uh, field of computer science that aims to create machines or, I would say, systems uh, that are capable of performing tasks that typically require human, I would say, intelligence. You know, these tasks uh, include learning, reasoning, problem-solving, understanding lateral language, perception, and the good part is that... From now on, that the adoption of AI, data analytics in conjunction with IoT can bring significant benefits that we will explore during the session today.
0: Okay. Thanks very much for that great outline from your side, Gabriel. That was very helpful for the listeners. So going back to how, you know, whether these systems are easy to adopt or not, can more be done to allow their deployment if they're not that easy to deploy, I should say. Well, nowadays,
1: 80% of the applications are hosted in cloud, so the main challenge from an IoT device is how this data can be shared or how they can fill it the the cloud system. So basically, companies, the tech companies such as AWS, Microsoft, and others, they have a, a kind of host that can get yes. this data. Uh, and into their systems, there are some, again, there is the cloud ecosystem and part of this ecosystem, they have the machine learning tools, they have AI tools and et cetera, that can be used to process these data. Uh, and one good example is the the predictive analysis. So nowadays, everyone has been talking about that. And I truly believe this is value added and something easy that can be implemented using or combining these two solutions.
0: Yeah. Just to confirm, I mean, IoT combined with AI can predict equipment failures, reducing operational costs and downtime, for example, and improving service reliability generally. What is the current take-up of such solutions, and which industry verticals, for instance, are using them the most? Is take-up currently low overall?
1: Well, we do see a huge number of people working on these verticals, evaluating how to combine both solutions. Uh, Of course, there are some industries at the forefront of adopting this. Some good examples are, I'll, I'll say the first one, it's on the manufacturing side. Then we have fleet management, telematics, smart cities. And there is a nice example that I just saw recently to emphasize what I'm saying. So when we are talking about smart cities, AI now can analyze traffic patterns in real time and adjust traffic signals timing to optimize the traffic flow. And of course, in this traffic signals, uh, there are some IoT devices getting the data and sharing the data uh, in the cloud. So there are a lot of nice things happening. uh, But again, these are the the, the three. And we also can add uh, healthcare as another good one.
0: So uh, healthcare, how significant is that? Is that an important area for bigs?
1: Yes, we are basically everything that is in movement, as we are a, a home provider and persons are always in movement. I would say it's a target for us. But more than that, we, we care about people and how this data will be moving from a person to a system and making sure that these people will be safe.
0: Yes. Okay. So we've covered some major points there, Gabriel. What is the big story in all this regarding, for example, let's start with AI? Where is the company with AI? Has it made a lot of progress with that? That's an interesting question because
1: uh, every time that we are developing uh, a new product at Bix, uh, we try to understand the problematic. And when we were discussing how to implement AI in our solutions, how to approach, how to work with these companies, the main question we had on the table was how can I get my device and connectivity data into my application that is hosted in the cloud. And then we we decided to provide or to create uh, a solution that basically is a one-click solution to send the connectivity and IoT device data into the public cloud in a scalable uh, way. That's that's important to emphasize, but uh, more than that, in a secure way to solve a lot of complexities of doing protocol conversions or delivering that data right. into yeah. the, the the public cloud, so basically we were looking on how to unlock opportunities. So uh, basically, now you can have, for example, a three hundred sixty device management view. You can do faster troubleshooting. You can have an end to end security view. So some of these benefits are extremely important, but Going uh, into your question, in terms of uh, use cases, especially on the IoT side, we know that the battery life cycle is one of the main nightmares for developers and and et cetera. Uh, And using this type of solution, we can, for example, predict the battery life for uh, low power wide area devices, or we can identify when the device firmware should be updated and things like that. So. That's, again, a nice merge of the solutions. And using our solution called Connectivity Twin, we can allow customers to do this type of stuff.
0: And that's, that's, that sounds like there's some good progress being made there at the company. So that's good to hear. Because obviously everyone's got an AI story. And the last thing we want to hear is what I would call as AI watching. Just like greenwashing when it comes to the environment. It looks like you're making some real progress there, Gabriel. That's correct. So...
1: Again, the main objective is to create in our environment, as I said, we have the hardware, we have the connectivity, we have the application. And uh, sometimes developers, they should uh, manage different applications from different vendors. So, and this brings a lot of complexity and And that's that so the the idea here is, of course, we are selling for developers because Bix is a it's a b two b company, and part of uh, our uh, target is to improve i would say customer journey, right and the customer journey on the developer side, and if they can buy time, if they can optimize their solution, if they can predict something using our products, this
0: is what we are looking for. and another area. I I imagine that, you know, 5G has a major role in all this, putting all the important pieces together and supporting them.
1: Yes, yes. 5G is, I mean, one of the the main advantages to have IoT devices running on on 5G. It's not only about the the downloads, the upload rates, and and etc. So here we are talking about latency. But the 5G will allow devices to process high or huge amount of data, and on the other side, you should have or you must have systems that can predict
0: real-time decisions, right? Yeah. So, in terms of re- real-time decision making, that's very important in the, in these scenarios. What sort of progress uh, as a company have you done in, in real-time decision making to in, to actually help the partners and the end customers there?
1: Basically, one of the I would say the pillars of the AI is to optimize the decision-making process. Of course, when you are uh, developing a product, you need to focus on how optimize operational costs, minimize downtimes, and etc. Now with 5G, and Bix has been investing a lot on 5G standalone, so that's something important to highlight. We do see a huge number of IoT devices using this type of technology, because then you can transact a huge amount of of data. And then act and react as quick as possible. It's it's extremely important. So that's another good example yes. uh, of what IoT and AI can do together.
0: Yeah. And overall, I mean, we mentioned scalability at the end. People, you know, listening to this would be thinking, well, if, if I go into this arena and I want to test things, how do I actually scale it up to make it commercially advantageous to to my company, how can Bix, you know, help these um, organizations with their scaling up of this technology? I imagine you, you've got the support networks, the internal expertise that help them do that.
1: Yes, that's that's correct. What Bix does, and it's it's important to to emphasize, at Bix we have two big groups. We have the Telco group, which we are working on the five G standalone, selling those solutions for MNOs, and on the enterprise side is a connectivity provider. So we are part of the ecosystem. So in in terms of enabling customers to have the best connectivity in terms of performance and, and et cetera. But now we are going one step beyond. So we are working with the cloud providers to offer the solution through the connectivity twin. So here again, We can talk about stability, scalability on two different scenarios. We can look for the connectivity perspective. So Bix owns the entire infrastructure and on the cloud side, which players have been using companies such as AWS and Microsoft or others, we are part of it. So that's the two ways uh, we can work, making sure the developers or the company will have the best solution for, for it.
0: That's great. So that was um, a good introduction to the podcast with our first topic there. We're now going to move on to the main topic. So thanks for that first part, Gabrielle. We're going to be talking about connectivity twins. Now, just to sort Mm -hmm. of set the scene here for the audience, speaking of digital twins in general, a digital twin is basically software representation from sensors. With digital twins, the idea is that a virtual twin of existing product, for example, is maintained, constantly collected, manufacturing and business data. That's the general concept of digital twins. What we're talking that's about right. here today, Gabriel, isn't it? Is the connectivity twin. And we had a subject how can I get my device and connectivity data into my application that is hosted in the cloud? So if you could just explain to the audience, Gabriel, what are we talking about when we talk about a connectivity twin? Nice. Okay.
1: So let's think in three big blocks. We have the digital twin application, right? Then we have the connectivity, which customers can use Bix connectivity. And then the idea is how can I bring connectivity data in the cloud, simplifying the complexity of it? So that's, that's the, that's the first part. So basically, connectivity twins, it's a digital representation of device connectivity. Properties, right? So on the connectivity, there are several items that can be analyzed, and this, let's say, this infos will be available for users in a bidirectional way. So they can read, they can check, they can act, and, and etc. So in short, you can bring connectivity data straight to the digital twin. Uh, platform. So that's the first thing. The second one, you can translate then into an understandable language for our customer, because when we are talking, again, using the battery uh, lifecycle management. So here we have items such as EDRX, uh, PSM, operator HAT, and etc. So we are talking about complex uh, items that can be uh, easily presented in a dashboard for customers. And, and the third one is to provide exactly a smart connectivity dashboard. So in short, they will have the connectivity data in the cloud. The data, it's going to be translated in simple terms through dashboards. That's, I would say, the, the concept of the, the product. The good part is that it can run in the AWS and Microsoft, which represents, I would say, 90% of the applications.
0: That's right. So what other benefits for the users are there from this way of working provided by Bix and its partners? What other things mm-hmm. come to mind? I imagine you're thinking, of oh, what are the listeners asking here? What are the things they'll be screaming for? As far as you're concerned, is Bix addressing the issues our audience are probably thinking about there in terms of what their needs are with this connectivity solution? Um, Well, there are several items
1: that uh, can be covered. I would say the first one is uh, that you can select automatically network with better coverage, right? So one of the things we provide is a multi-imble solution. And using this solution, you can choose the best one. The second, we know that customers are extremely concerned about fraud. Security is one of the hot topics. So basically here you can block uh, connectivity in case of uh, suspected uh, fraud. The third one I had highlighted before is you have the ability to identify when the device should be updated, when the firmware should be upgraded, for example. And if we are talking about low power wide devices like narrowband IoT, Uh, L, T, M, K, F, M, you can predict the battery life. So that's these four items are extremely important in the IoT scenario. And to finalize, more than that, you can have not only the connectivity data, but you also can have the device data running in the single or in the same platform, the single pane of glass. That's another interesting thing about this product.
0: So just so on. I've got this right. So using this solution, fixed customers can manage all their IoT devices to gain control to improve the overall quality of service and data security for their customers. Is that, that uh, this, is, this, is, this is what we're doing here, yeah?
1: That's correct. It's absolutely correct.
0: Okay, that's great to know. And is it right that you get the complete picture by managing your connectivity and devices from a single platform effectively? Is that correct? That's correct. Then because
1: in short, we can, I'll say, unlock new opportunities for customers because now they have a DMP, a device management platform running in one side. They have the connectivity management platform running in another side. So they do the interactions or the integrations via APIs. But from now on, they will have the ability to have both items working together. And then this will help them to have the three hundred and sixty device management view. So you don't need to spend time on product integrations and etc. As I said, it's gonna be a one single click integration. That's it. Basically we are helping them to buy in time.
0: Yeah. So just to, I got this right as well. So effectively, big customers integrate their digital twin with all the connectivity metadata of their SIMs or e-sims to unlock new insights faster. Is, is this all correct. linked to what you're talking about here? Yeah, 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 that's correct. Okay, right. So, Gabrielle, there are issues around, you know, digital twins and related to the connectivity twin, the data that's been generated. It's going up and up and up, just like it is everywhere um, it affects the IoT industry. I've been at conferences before. Some people have explained that the sensors that exist, are going to have to be developed to actually keep up with the processing power, which is generating all this data. The, the chipsets are getting faster. The sensors are going to have to get faster. The amount of data being generated by companies is getting bigger. So the systems have to, have to get more powerful. As an IoT industry, which obviously Bix is a key player in, how do you think as an ecosystem the IoT industry with Bix can actually tackle these problems with its cloud partners about the, the, the speeds of the data and the amount of data? What comes into your mind in terms of how we can move forward as an industry, Gabriel? That's
1: an excellent point, Antonin. Here we we see the technologies getting more mature. So on the connectivity side, we yes. have 5G, now we have 5G G SA. The quantity of bad data that in a certain way needs to be transacted are increasing heavily. There are some methodologies which we can treat this data. Okay. Yeah. So on the, on the hardware side, we have the edge computing part. So you can process the data near to the, to the sensor. So you can get the data. You can interpret what is important or not this disregard what is not and send to the to the next layer what is important. On the connectivity side, as the networks are getting more powerful, so we can make sure that the latency it's not gonna be affected, that the, the download and upload upload rates will be okay. And as soon as the data arrives into the cloud system then there is an ecosystem ready to prepare that so just to do an example on the aws and microsoft they have the iot core or the iot hub so these two systems they act like a concierge they will get the data and they will distribute internally based on the customer application Uh, and then you can apply machine learning you can apply uh, artificial intelligence you can store this data, you can simply show the data and disregard the rest. so there are some ways to implement this, but uh indeed it, it's it's an important fact uh and Bix has been investing heavily uh on the network side right. to make sure we can offer the best solution for for our customers.
0: And as an extension of that, very briefly, obviously, I mean, data security in IoT, it's a whole new podcast on its own. But briefly, when we talk about how data security needs are evolving and how the industry can actually look at data security, how do you see the industry coping with that in the, uh, the medium to long-term situation? Yeah, security,
1: if it's not the first one, is the second topic most discussed in in our environment. So. Again, there are several parts where the security layers are applicable. Okay. So on the connectivity side, uh, there is a solution called IoT Safe, which is a, yes. a standard defined by the GSMA. So it's um, a hoot of trust solution that can be installed directly in the SIM card uh, in order to make sure that no one will have access to the, the SIM card itself right? Uh, There are other ones uh, which you can do the same in the hardware side. So you can, for example, apply virtual private networks or private APNs in order to make sure. So again, there are several methodologies on how to treat this, but in that that's one of the most important topics at the moment.
0: Yeah. And thanks for those key pointers, Gabriel. Maybe we'll talk about that as a separate podcast in in the future. So, obviously, we've been quite detailed about some of the, the general issues, talking about the industry generally. And, and going going into what, you know, Bix is doing, how it's moving forward, it's important to make sure we don't miss anything here. So, would you like to add any other information about, you know, the Bix offering, some of the key points, which, because of my fault, I haven't actually brought to the surface here. So, is there anything else you'd like to say what Bix specifically is doing with this connectivity twin strategy and offering Yes.
1: I like to say that PIX is moving from connectivity. We, we use it to be a connectivity provider, and now we are a, a solution provider, yeah. right? So we have, of course, we have our core network. So we are a, a global MVNO, MVNE. So we, we have private IPX solutions. We have regional platforms. We have NFB uh, core technology and, and etc. But again, in this environment, it's always important to understand what is happening and see how you can adapt yourself. So uh, we launched recently two new layers. One is the value-added services, uh, which we have easy for consumers and sync for IoT solutions. We have connectivity twin. We have smart data, which is I would say the unique and global real-time. Uh, data analytics platform, we have solutions for resellers, we have the IoT Safe, and then we have the professional services. So basically now customers can have the the support during the development phase from an expert team that can help them during the entire process. So that's what we are doing now. Of course, Connectivity Twin is one of the the most interesting projects that we are uh, working on. And again, it's important to emphasize that it's not only about connectivity, but it's about how we help customers on the on the ecosystem itself.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for that great discussion. I'm sure there are many important and interesting pieces of information for the listeners to digest. There. We'll finish today with some more light-hearted industry developments, Gabrielle. Something that's caught your eye. Before you, what we talk about it, I'll just tell the readers where we read this. It was reported in IoT Tech News and other places, to be honest, about Amazon's plans about expanding their Prime Air drone package delivery system to international locations. Starting next year, customers in the UK, Italy, and a third undisclosed city in the US will have the option to receive their packages via drones. And we talked about drones at the beginning of our conversation, some of the um, listeners may remember. The current Prime Air service. Is already operational in the U.S. and it has been for a year. And it's been delivering packages weighing up to five pounds with, with one hour. And that's um, quite the key uh, service promise. Air's expansion will include the introduction of the MK-30 drone, which is also a quieter, smaller and lighter model compared to its predecessors. And so it sounds, sounds like there's some exciting news after perhaps talking about this over um, the last few years. Gabrielle, how do you actually see this industry opportunity developing, and can you see any um, difficulties, for example? Yes, yes, that's one
1: of the reasons why I love technology. <laughs> so we can see those things happening, and of course, improving our our lives. In eh? the end of the day, that's what is important. It's a it's a nice example on how IoT robotics and artificial intelligence can can work together. Huh? So you have uh, a drone that is controlled by someone. Basically, you can deliver packages remotely. So look, you have a drone with a huge amount of sensors connected in a 5G network, taking decisions in real time. Sending perhaps SMS or message to the end customers informing that the package will be delivered. Then you need to make sure that no one uh, will access the drone and change the route. So security is one of the important topics. Then you need to make sure that your R-Traffic system will be available to have this done working. You know, that there, there are a lot of components working at the same type of project so this could be considered iot robotics ai but also part of the smart city project yes. it's something that will he- help to improve our lives that's what i what i love and i i truly believe this is something extremely disruptive and more than that we cannot forget that these drones also have uh gps or satellite connections so you see uh, 5g Satellite on the connectivity side, you see cloud, artificial intelligence, machine learning, taking real-time decisions, saving the data, informing the customer. Then you have another communication platform to send the data. (laughs) So uh, this bunch of, of applications running into the same ecosystem, it's really, really interesting. And I truly believe this is the future. And more than this, it's happening yeah and it's happening now
0: that's it it's what we call leading edge technology but then what some people also describe as bleeding edge technology <laughs> and i imagine that maybe be mix may want to get more involved when maybe it's not bleeding so much is, exactly. is, that, is that correct
1: yeah we are, we are trying to prepare prepare ourselves for for that that's the that's the point
0: <laughs> okay so I'll just tell the listeners now, I mean, that's the end of the podcast that's debating the points, but there's a there's a bit of housekeeping here. I've got to mention the fact there will be a transcript of important um, discussion here of the whole podcast and it will appear under the published podcast uh, in, on, on our website. And it will confirm any links that we've been talking about as well. I'd also... Um, like to give the listeners the opportunity to be able to contact you if they wanted to, Gabrielle. So, yeah, what yeah, would course. be the best way of them, you know, tracking you down on the internet? What is there any social media platform you'd like to mention so that they can contact you?
1: Yeah, I can. I can share my LinkedIn. Yes, send Yeah, I can put here in the, yeah. in the chat.
0: So uh, maybe we could those in the transcript. So if you could supply those, we can put them in the transcript, and then they could just contact you. Is that fair enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Right and so after that very detailed discussion just remains for me to say thanks very much uh, to the listeners for uh, tuning in and then when you see this podcast published if you could use the social media buttons on the published podcast to let us know uh, what you thought about it and that just remains for me to say that's a goodbye from me anthony Savas, and Gabrielle. it's a goodbye from you yes
1: Yes, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Looking forward for the next opportunity. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Thanks very much. Bye-bye all. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.